It's time to turn off the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible comic book movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. For the month of October, I, along with my super friends, will delve into the world of terrible comic book movies. Why did we do it? Well, because I made them, and I love these horrible movies. If you've made a comic book movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you take a dark and gritty comic series and add John Leguizamo to it? Why, you get Spawn. everybody and welcome to another episode of the terrible terror podcast i'm already two month movies into october and i'm ready to fucking ready to give it up <laughs> this is too much fucking work uh but i do have a uh guest on with me say hello guest well hello guest what's up guys phantom dark dave oh hey where's my rim shot <laughs> oh <laughs> that comes after the show oh no that's rim job <laughs> that, that was the reason to get you on the show <laughs> hey, hey 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 free rim jobs all right <laughs> No, that's all I reason need was attached spawn. to my name. Oh. So, thank you for agreeing to do Spawn with me. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, no problem, man. No one else wanted to do it. I mean, uh, I was happy to. <laughs> no, I think your proper response was, oh, hey, it's the non-Marvel one. Um, I'm going to do that that's one. That's right. Yeah, that, that was pretty much it. Hey, this is uh, Tom McFarlane. He wor- used to work for Marvel and DC at the same time. Yeah, he was smart. He was like, I'm out of here. Well, his whole idea, and you know the Marvel like uh, link to the whole thing, right? Like how Spawn about? started. Yeah. Well, enlighten me. So Spawn started because of Howard the Duck, and the creator of Howard the Duck, the comic book, and that's because uh, they were going through basically like fights over who owns the intellectual property. Oh my God, I can't speak already. Soon it's going to be corn trees. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> You did that yourself. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, so they basically they fought over like when he left the country, the country, Jesus Christ, oh. the company. Uh, he wanted to still have the rights. He didn't like what they were doing with it, and they basically said, "No, this belongs to us." So he brought a lawsuit against them, and he ultimately lost. But this, in turn, created the Creators' Bill of Rights for comics. So now that comic book creators can control their IPs that they create. Uh, and Spawn came out of that because Ted Mc, uh, Ted McFarlane, Todd McFarlane, he wanted to get and kind of do his own thing with, uh, some of his works and Spawn was one of the ways they could do it. So he got a bunch of cover artists and other artists together to create image comics, which ultimately birthed Spawn. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I had known about the Todd McFarlane working for Marvel and that they were getting paid like jack shit and they wanted to have more creative control. And when that didn't work, you know, it was the birth of image comics, and then, you know, Spawn was kind of... I, I would go to say Spawn was the biggest image character, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he he pretty much is the biggest one that's out there. Yeah. They I need mean, to make more mo- image movies, you know? Yeah, well, <laughs> it may be the reason why this one didn't work, <laughs> and why they've never no created more. 
Oh. Well, I mean, let's not knock it before we try it, right? That's true. Now, what is your... And I asked Andy this with the first film, and I'm going to ask everybody else that does it, but what is your experience with Spawn the film? Oh, I thought you would never ask. So the reason I jumped on this opportunity is because I had never seen this movie. (laughs) I went my whole life with never watching Spawn because I was like, eh. And then when you're like, hey, you want to do Spawn? I was like, that would be a reason to watch it. And so I watched this movie for the first time 28 hours ago. And now I've watched it twice. So you watched it twice? Hey, man, I got to know the movie to talk about it. So. That's that's true. You know, I thought I was the only one that basically watches these movies like three times doing this for this stupid podcast. No, no, but I'll tell you, I needed a monster each time, if that says anything. <laughs> I'm assuming there was a lot of stopping and starting then. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, I got to get excited about this. Monster it up. And then, and then I was good to go. But there's there's a lot of good stuff about this movie. I'm excited to talk about it. All right. So then how about we just go ahead and jump into it? I mean... I, I guess I could really fast go through mine. This was one of those things where I didn't know much about the comics, and I actually saw the animated series first with, uh, what's his name from They Live and played Goliath. Keith uh, David. Yes, Keith David. There we go. Um, and that was like my first experience and first like vision of Spawn, and I really loved it. I, I absolutely loved the animated series, and if you've never seen the animated series, you need to go watch that. It's very short. But it's very good. So when I saw that this was coming out around the same time, I was so excited. I made sure that my parents, you know, hey, I need to go see this film. Um, you know, and it is rated R. But this was at the time that because of how tall I was and how I looked, I could actually get into rated R movies, you know, for a couple years already. But again, the rating of this movie does not match. Like, I still cannot figure out why this movie is actually rated R. Other than oh, I, what it says. I didn't even realize that. I was reading up on it, and I, they were going for a PG-13 rating, and I just assumed they got it. So it's actually rated R. It is mm. actually rated R. Like, And it surprised the heck out of me because I really thought, again, it was PG-13. Just because of the way that the dialogue is in this, and the fact that they only say ass and son of a bitch. Hmm. And I really thought I had like the, the version... and. In speaking of the audio of this, the video file that I have for this is not the best in the world. Uh, in, at least in the beginning, it cut out a couple of times. Uh, even I, and I thought it was just me in the recording. No, it happened to be the audio file that I got this from. Uh, but I thought that maybe I got like a TV clean version or something like that. But no, this is the real film. <laughs> That's good. And it's so weird because when I was looking into this, I rented it on Vudu. Because that's usually the cheapest place to, to rent movies for 24 hours. And they had a director's cut version that was two minutes longer, but you could only buy that one. And I was wondering, like, what's going on in these two minutes? I, you know so. what? I don't know. I've never seen the director's cut before. I wonder if all that stuff that I was missing out during watching this the first time, the second time, the third time, uh, <laughs> is missing from the film in those well, two see- minutes. It's almost a letdown because, you know, I thought, oh, well, this is PG-13, so the director's cut, maybe there's something else in it. But if you're telling me this one's rated R, I'm like, oh, geez, what what could possibly be so great for 120 more seconds? It goes from PG-13 to NC-17 is what happens. (laughs) Maybe so. He's like, you want the spawn? We'll give you the spawn. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have a spawn of our own when we're done. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, each one comes with a free jar of the uh, ectoplasm goo. Or whatever they call it. Oh, the green stuff. Yes, the green stuff. 
There you go. And we'll get to that. So why don't we go ahead and start the film? And what better way to start the film than with, uh, I always fucking fuck up his name, Caligstro or whatever his name is, uh, the older Spawn, uh, telling us about the newer Spawn. The battle between the darkness and the light has waged eternal. Their armies fueled by souls harvested on Earth. The Lord of Darkness, Malbolger, has sent a lieutenant to recruit men who will help destroy the world in exchange for wealth and power. And provide enough souls to complete his army and allow Armageddon to begin. All Malbolger needs now is a great soldier. Someone to lead his hordes to the gates of heaven and burn them down. And so that's where we cut and we see Al Simmons for the first time. And he's preparing for an attack on basically some Saudi Arabian like prince or something like that. And you get some of the best CGI like ever when he lets those rockets fly. Yeah, when I was watching those things come in, it's like he's locking a target. No, wait, he's changing which target. And in the end, he has it set on four or five different things. He's going to blow up. He's going to shoot this guy. He's going to shoot this guy. He's going to shoot the plane. He's going to shoot the car. And I was like, how is he going to do that? And then he launches that sucker. And when it's flying up and over, this missile or rocket or whatever it is, it obviously it's a homing device, right? So it it flies out of the tower. It goes down. It purposely goes up and over things, left and right, and doesn't hit other things it doesn't mean to hit. And then it separates and then just destroys everything. And all I thought about is, where are the video games that had that? Well, it looks like something he's wearing straight out of, like, uh, Splinter Cell, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell with the goggles and everything like that. I mean, he even kind of drops in there and takes out the guys, like, stealthily. Like, the, the guy, he, instead of calling, like, for help, he pulls out a knife. He's like, I'm just going to stab you. <laughs> okay. well, some people bring a knife to a gunfight. What are you going to do? And well, I'm maybe that guy. You will, you know, if I learned anything from Indiana Jones, you just pull out your gun and shoot the guy. There you go. <laughs> That's almost basically what he did. And then, yeah, so you have that rocket. It like he shoots it out and then it just splits into four different sets of rockets and hits each one of the targets blowing up the whole plane and then it fades to the next scene where we go a little further into you know again i hate that they use malboja like i guess they're trying to be somewhat different instead of just calling him satan but they're calling him malboja the lord of darkness and i don't know why it annoys me but it does yeah no that's just satan to me yeah pretty much so uh we hear a little more of satan's plan and of course he introduces the movie like him, I killed in the name of good. But the violence of my life pulled my soul towards the darkness. But I fought and freed my soul. Now I watch for others like me. Men are the ones who create evil on Earth. It is the choices they make that enslave their souls. This is the test. Okay, so you have Cog, whatever his name is. I think we agreed during a small break that we're just going to call him Cog from now on. Yeah, it's better for everyone. Just go by Cog. Oh, we can just call him Cog. One of the two. <laughs> I'm cool with that. <laughs> so so Cog here, he's basically kind of like the watcher over all the spawn that come to Earth, I guess. That's kind of what we're led to believe and kind of what we're told a little later on in the film. 
Uh, but for right now, all we know is that he's some dude. They give a flash of him for a second. You don't really know if it's actually him or not, uh, but they keep kind of moving on and more into, I guess what you'd say would be the present day or sometime after the bombing thing has happened. And we see, we meet Al Simmons and we meet his wife, Wanda. We'll first meet Wanda and Terry. And are you really familiar with the comics? No, not too much. I know that sounds terrible. Everybody's like, oh, he's a comic guy. Well, it's more DC. But I did read a little bit about the history on this. You're going to talk about the best friend? Yeah, I'm going to talk about the best friend, the fact that they decided to make him white. Yep. Like, okay, why? Like, even the cartoon put him in the right, like, skin color. (laughs) Well, did you read why they said they did that? No, actually, I didn't. Oh, literally. So good thing it, you it, have some knowledge to lay down on our listeners. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know that, you know, they changed the, the race of this guy, uh, nor do I really care, except I'll get to that. But apparently they were afraid to have two lead African-American roles in this movie. I guess they thought that would change the target audience for some reason. Um, but I'll tell you right now, I freaking hate D.B. Sweeney. The guy that plays the best friend here, Terry, I can't stand him. He sucks. <laughs> See, I went back and I looked at everything. He has done nothing to impress me in I, his I entire don't even career. Remember who this guy is? Like it's that terrible. Yeah. No. I just. I wish they would have went someone else, but that's okay. So what? What other roles has he done that you're upset about? Let me click on him here and go back here. I. I remember when I saw him, I was like, oh, I hate that guy. I didn't even know why, but he has a <laughs> lot of projects. He's got like a hundred things to his name. I as just I hate scroll your through. Face. Yeah, yeah. I, when I see you, I just I want to break your face it. tonight. That's right. I mean, he's he's made several TV show appearances, several movie appearances, but nothing impresses me. Like I think if you go all the way back, he might have been in one episode of you know Twilight Zone or something like the '80s version or, or something like that. And I'll give you that. But otherwise, like I don't care that you're in Brother Bear and Hardball. You know? Oh come on, Brother Bear! Like everybody <laughs> remembers that movie. Yeah, right. No, he was an episode of Tales from the Crypt. I'll give you that. Okay. Um, oh, and you know what? I'm, I'm not going to say open mouth, insert foot, but he was in Fire in the Sky. That might have been the biggest thing he's ever done. Well, that's something but, that I personally don't have any type of uh, connection to. So I'm still going to say that he sucks. I don't like the fact that they've they changed it this much. Like... I mean, like I said, even with the cartoon, the cartoon didn't do really a whole lot of changing to it. It tried to be as faithful as it could. And, like, the the other thing that kills me about this movie is that uh, Industrial Light and Magic was responsible for a lot of the special effects in this film. And what kills you about that? Because ILM does a lot of really cool stuff. <laughs> okay. okay. Like, like, they're next to, I would say, like, like ILM is to, like, special effects as Pixar is to 3D animated movies. Usually, it's all high-quality top-notch. Now, I'm not saying that everything that ILM does, you know, is golden, but for the most part, it's done well, unless they gave this to their garbage division. And it, it shows in what you see when you finally see what Malbolgia or Satan looks like. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I actually have notes about that, too, so... <laughs> well, so we meet uh, Terry and his friend, and he basically, like... Well, it was Wanda, I should say, and his fiance. And there's a little bit of back and forth. You find out that Wanda's his wife, and then he explains to Terry, I guess, on the way to work, or Terry explains to Al, I should say, uh, that 
there were also a bunch of civilians that were on that plane that were killed at the same time. And this is a bunch of like winds kind of like fuck up. Like he's been fucking up a lot lately, or at least these bad things have always been happening on these wind missions, kind of giving you a little bit of insight into what's going on. So I guess like they used to work with each other. See, they don't make it kind of clear enough within the film. All we know is that they're good friends, that they've always had each other's back and that for some reason, I don't know if they were in the Marines together, of course, because he says Semper Fi, but, uh, you know, Al went on the lungs of, you know, being the contracted killer, and Terry went to the paper pusher. Yeah, see, I was thinking, you know, when his wife had left the driveway, he was just hitching a ride because he didn't have a car. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's they were both going to the same place of work, right? He's going to see Wynn, yeah. and Terry's going to go see what he needs to do. But what I'm saying is like they're they're like past life together. They they explain a little bit more, but here you kind of get a little bit of it. Um and Terry knows exactly what Al's doing and Wanda no, doesn't necessarily know that. Maybe I'm bringing a little more of the what I know from the comics already and later on in the film, but it, I kind of think when you have an intro like this with these two characters and they're supposed to be really friendly, you need to know a little more about them. Right. So, so they do go, you know, into work and Al goes up to Wynn's office and that's where we, we meet his competition priest for the first time who happens to constantly just wear leather, like even more complicated leather outfits as the movie goes on. <laughs> It's true. It's true. (laughs) Well, she starts here. She's got some weird thing like, and she's got like hair all puffed up like she's Tiffany from uh, Bride of Chucky or something like that. So even though she's there, Al is kind of like in the situation where he doesn't want to kill anybody anymore. Like any, he doesn't want to be involved in something that's more than what he signed up for. So like he's okay with killing random, you know, terrorists and things like that. But when it comes to civilians, you know, He's not really okay with it. Well, yeah, because he's just informed about what he did, and he knows he's being lied to, and he's he's ready to get out, man. He's he's playing that moral card. So, Wynn says, hey, you know what? We've got one last mission for you. And if you do this, I can't convince you, I can't say anything else to get you out of here, then you're free to go. And of course, you know what that means. That means that probably something is going to go wrong. So, they decide to send him to North Korea. And... That that presents, like, a lot of problems <laughs> that I have with the way that he does these things. And the fact that he's, like, totally buddy-buddy with North Korea. You see, the thing is, is that when he does go up there, the whole thing turns out to be one giant setup, uh, as we all expected. What the hell is going on here? When? Priorities have changed, Al. There's a town less than a mile away from here. If you release the virus, they'll all die. A town with approximately 8,000 experimental hosts. Are you out of your damn mind? I'm not going to let you do this. Looks like I'm up for a promotion. You wipe his ass, too. He knew what was going on all along. I do believe he's catching on. (laughs) Enjoy your retirement, old friend. Oh, and by the way, don't worry about Wanda. 
I'll take good care of her. You touch her, and you're a dead man. You are the dead man. So the issue that I have here is, and like I was kind of saying before, is the fact that he has these ties to be able to create this factory in North Korea to create a virus that he's going to then use other North Koreans to, like, test it on. Like, he's so involved with with another country, and there's absolutely no way that anybody would be allowed to, like, do this. Even in secrecy, it'd be hard for somebody that's kind of like the head of the CIA or that's doing these CIA missions to just randomly be able to set up a, like, a biochemical factory in North Korea that he's going to, you know, also at the same time use to kill his best agent. Right. Yeah, and I also got an entire Resident Evil Resident Evil vibe from this, too. Oh, yeah, they're creating the T-virus or some shit like that. <laughs> Everybody's just an experiment now. No worries. That's right. Let's go ahead and just uh, start plugging a bunch of people full of, uh, you know, different biochemical shit, and hopefully we don't create some giant monster or something like that. Then eventually, you know, probably going to happen anyway, right? Because the movie's called Spawn. Right. <laughs> So, if there isn't a big monster somewhere in here, I'm going to be very, very upset. So, from here, we go back, and he basically, he flips uh, a cigarette, well, actually kind of looks like a clove, I guess he's too fancy to be using regular cigarettes, uh, onto him, and ends up, you know, catching him on fire, but then they blow up the whole base anyway, and Al doesn't even try to leave. Like, he just is like, okay, well, I'm on fire, so I'm just going to stay here on the ground. Or they're just that fast that they're able to leave so quickly and set off the bomb before he's even able to get off off the ground of the shock that his boss has just set him on fire. Yeah, it's kind of funny because when he gets that thing flicked at him, he just blocks it with his arm, and of course it catches his arm on fire. <laughs> and like you said, he just lays there and takes it. Yeah, he doesn't bother. It's kind of like the other guy, you know, in the beginning when, you know, instead of just calling for help, he pulls out a knife and decides to fight him. And here he's just like, oh, I'm covered in, like, gasoline or something. Something's going to happen to me. Well, he's covered in green goo. That's all I know. Again, with the green goo. Uh, right. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to hit the cigarette away. And the cigarette is strong enough that it's going to set him on fire, too. Or, like, that green glue, uh, goo stuff is so potent that just, like, a, you know, a lit cigarette is going to set the whole thing. It, you it, know what it reminds me of? Go for did, it. Did you remember the, uh, was it Nickelodeon? Uh, when they used to have that splat game and all the green gook would come down, that's what he got hit with. <laughs> Did you just got splat. So basically he was playing Double Dare and he was trying to grab the flag from the nose. That's right. He... he was running up the mountain. <laughs> and then oh. he just they just decided to go. Or this, you know what this is? She stole the Ghostbusters 2 technology where they got oh. all the pink slime and they sprayed all the things. for. But instead of it being all like happy-go-lucky stuff, or maybe he was all happy like burning right there, you know. Yay, yeah, bring, on, on, bring on some fire. <laughs> Everybody's I think happy. we're making the movie better than it is. I think so, too. So we fast forward from here, and we go five years to the future, and he's now just waking up on top of a church. And I have to say that they used quite a few pigeons for this church scene. Like, they automatically thought, hey, we need some animals, we need some birds to put on top of the church, and what are we going to use? Oh, let's use the Rats of the Sky because we're right above Rat Alley. Yeah, I figured they contacted the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2. I'm like, can we get some of those birds? Well, this is like, I guess this is supposed to be 
I don't know. This is this is the second movie in a row where it's nondescript city that we're in. But I think in the Spawn comic books, I want to say it's somewhere like New York or something like that. Maybe Chicago. One of those dumpy places. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> we also get to meet uh, Clown just for a second when we first... And we actually get to see what he looks like. And you get a full view of the makeup that is used for John Leguizamo. Yeah, the makeup that uh, apparently takes so long to take off that he just pissed himself instead. Pretty much. Well, I mean, you look at him because he's kind of like in a giant... He's in a giant fat suit, okay? But is he like constantly squatting as he's walking around? Or is he using his knees the entire time? Yeah, I was thinking that too. I, I didn't think of the knee thing, but I, I, I was like, hey, there's no way he's that short all the time and now he always has to lean over. But uh, props to him, whether he's, his voice is annoying or not, like he put up with some crap to you know perform that character. No, that's the one thing that I would say out of the whole thing with Clown, uh, you know, besides the annoying voice, but the fact that he was able to actually go through everything that he was doing with the character and that if he did have to squat all the time, that has to be so goddamn painful with all that extra weight on top of you. Absolutely. And he looks like he's having fun while he's doing it too. So, so he gets rid of uh clown for a second and he goes down to the alley and that's where he meets Zachary. One of the people who explains to exactly where he's at. Mister, you don't look so good. <sighs> hey, mister, you thirsty? Hey, mister, you thirsty? Get the... Get lost, kid. What are you looking at, old man? You tell me. You've been gone a long time, friend. What are you talking about? Where am I? Rat City. Part of the alley. I sleep over there. This is a holy place. All are welcome here. Yeah, right. I've seen worse faces, mister. My dad used to work for a mortician. Thanks, kid. I feel much better now. So, okay, do you find that kid rude to be like, oh, hey, you've got a fucked up face, but I've seen worse. Yeah, no, and you know, speaking of that, I'm watching the credits. I'm like, Miko Hughes is in this movie. I didn't no idea he was going to be in here. And then I see him. I'm like, oh, okay, he's coming right off the wheels. Uh, what was he in just before this? It would have been mid to early '90s. What Wes Craven's New Nightmare, probably. And I'm just like, and this is the best thing you could do. You were in Spawn next, and then he's got this Coke, and he's offering him Coke, and he's making fun of him. And right away, I was like, I'm not going to like this character. <laughs> You mean you're not going to like the the punk little kid that is somehow going to get into trouble and Spawn might have to save later? Not unless he reminds me that boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. Well, you know, he could, but then Arnold would have to be involved in this movie. (laughs) Would that be a bad thing at this point? Well, you know, what they say, my mom thinks my dad's a sex machine. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So... Here he is, he's in the alley, there's a bunch of bums, what a better place for Spawn to become acquainted with, uh, kind of being himself, like everybody just kind of doesn't care that he's down there, which I guess is like kind of the nice thing, right, because if you're gonna look like he looks, um, you probably at the same time shouldn't really, you know, at least try to stay as low as possible, which he doesn't really do, because 
he like walks like right in the open and we get, you know, the, I don't know the soundtrack for this movie. Like I wish could be better, but this is one of the better times in the film because we get some Marilyn Manson. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something I wrote down too, is the, the soundtrack has a lot of big names on it. A lot of, you know, rock and kind of techno rock from the nineties. And I was digging the Manson. Absolutely. But one thing I want to say too, is what's with his look, by the way. So, you know, he just comes back from hell and all of a sudden he's wearing a flannel shirt and jeans. Like, well, is that what they wear in hell? Uh, well, he wasn't wearing that could be before. big Pearl Jam fans in hell. You never know. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> you know, we're Pearl just Jam all about grunge down here. Uh, or maybe he met Kurt Cobain while he was down there. You never know. You know, I wasn't going to say it, but that's exactly what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. <laughs> that's right, because we're all going to hell. The only people <laughs> are going to be allowed up there are the Mormons anyway, right? hey If you listen to South Park. Uh, so... So he goes off into the street, and then we get another little voiceover from Cogman over here, uh, where he talks about how a new spawn has emerged. A new spawn has emerged from the darkness. Reborn on Earth. Drawn to the alley by an unknown force. His necroplasmic body racked by pain. His memories fragmented. To him, North Korea was moments ago. But now Bolgia kept him secluded in darkness for five long years, while things on Earth changed in ways that will only feed his anger and desire for revenge. And so he goes over to the birthday party of Cyan because he's trying to get back with Wanda. Now, we'll talk about it a little more when he actually realizes what he's done to get these spawn powers, but the fact that this is all basically over a woman is really, really troublesome. Like, the only reason that he's even spawned is because he's so still in love with Wanda, and he thinks that she's still going to accept him, even though he kind of looks like, you know, a uh, burnt turd. <laughs> or the thousand other things he gets called in this movie by a clown. That's true. Uh, and to the point that he even, like, kind of starts to interrupt the party. And then Cyan comes up to him, like, she sees him in the distance and approaches him with some candy. And automatically, I was thinking, you better not accept that because she's probably got a van or something around the corner she's going to stick you in. That's right. <laughs> Don't take candy from strangers. That's right. You should have learned that by now, Al. Uh, so, of course, from the distance, Wanda, she sees Cyan talking to Al over here. And that causes some issues. Oh, I came out here and this man was lying next to Cyan. You okay, honey? Uh-huh. What are you doing back here? Huh? Mom. What is it? Beat it before I call the cops, huh? Come on, get out of here. Oh, there you are. I've been looking everywhere for you. Bad crispy. Bad crispy. Cloud not like. <laughs> Sorry for the turbulence, folks. He's harmless. He's safe as milk. Just a freak accident with some Jiffy Pop. All right, that's it. Just get your stuff. Get out of here. Take him with you. Oh, what an adorable little girl. Oh, look at her. Can I keep her? Hey. Oh, of course not. No pets allowed. <laughs> a little something for a lovely baby exorcist. <laughs> All right. Come on, my barbecue friend. Don't want to keep that side-order potato salad waiting, I'll do it. Okay, so I really want that little baby exorcist thing that he had. Yeah, what was... Did it spit out some green mist? It seems like everything in this movie spits out something. 
Like, everybody's either got green eyes or they've got, like, gooing stuff coming out of them or uh, red eyes or purple eyes or it spit out some, like, green vomit. I think that's what it was supposed to be because he was saying, like, it's a baby exorcist and it's basically clown with the head spinning. So I think that was the vomit that was flying around. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. And then, you know, you see now here that Terry is a happy family with Wanda, but it still really doesn't get into Al's head. And so when he takes him back... He actually gets flashbacks, and he starts to slowly remember everything that happened to him at the time of the explosion. Uh, so he has things with Wanda, you know, and he says, oh, I'll never leave you. It's like Team America World Police, you know. He just had to get some, make sure that he had her for the rest of his life. And then, of course, he goes off and dies. <laughs> Pretty much. So then you come back, and, you know, Clown starts to explain a little more of what's going on. So... There's quite a few clips that we're going to go through here, um, and we're going to break down at the each end of them. I try to cut it up so that we can have a little bit of discussion between, but this is kind of just one long scene, and I took one scene out because I think it was completely worthless, worthless to the whole thing, which was the, uh, the Satanists calling Satan. Okay. When they went to the graveyard. So if you expect to hear that little thing, it's so pointless. Like, even when I first saw it, I'm like, why is this in this film? Like, what is this doing here? And there's another scene that's like that, but I kept it in the film only because I thought it was actually one of the funnier scenes. Um, so let's hear Clown talk to Al and explain that he's D.E.D. dead. One is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm there for you, buddy. This is my last mission. Wait for me. I just don't want to lose you, baby. You will never lose me. I promise. That's all yes, you got. Master and I are gonna have words. He knows I hate clowns. God, I hate them. I hate them all. I hate those old rotten old chuckles with their freaking dumb noses and their lousy party hats. I don't mind being short, fat, and ugly, but the pay sucks. <laughs> what? Hey, easy with that face. I'm eating. Oops. A wet one. I hope I didn't stain my underwear. Ah, look at that. Skid marks. Get away from me, you freak. Oh, coming from a monster that really hurts my feelings. Hey, come back here, begging face. I'm not done with you yet. Feels like my skin is about to explode. That's just your viral necroplasm going through its larval stage. Move over. Pretty soon you're gonna get here in funny places. You're gonna start thinking about girls. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> Just get me to a hospital. A hospital? <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror lately, Burt Man walking? <laughs> Even the entire cast of ER couldn't put you back together again. How do I put this to you? You're uh, pushing up daisies, you're in permanent nap time, you're a fertilizer. Hey, is any of this sinking in? You're dead. D, 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 dead. Okay, so you get a better, like, feel for what Clown is in this scene. And he is a very vile, disgusting person. The, the oh, fact- yeah. And oh, he's the ahead. reason why this movie probably gets an R rating. He is just cut down after cut down. And there's things that I've seen this movie twice. And just listening to the audio clips, it's like I miss something every time. Well, you get the, the fun scene where he farts and then he rips out his underwear and shows the streak mark. 
uh, in the underwear, and I was like, oh, God, I, I totally forgot that they did this in this film. I don't even remember seeing that. Oh. <laughs> was that the director's cut? <laughs> no, well, <laughs> I wonder if I somehow have the TV director's cut or something like that. Shit stain was the big two minute, you know. Oh, <laughs> there you go. That was the big two minutes that you missed. You missed seeing the shit stain in the underwear. Oh. And, it, and in that scene, isn't he hitting him at the same time? Yeah, he's constantly hitting him. I even wrote down, okay. I'm like, how many times are you going to let him hit him? You know, in the version I watched, I don't. He says something different. I'm pretty sure when he farts, he does it twice, and he goes, oh, "Twins." Oh, that's later that. on. That's that's oh, okay. another scene. Oh well, I fucked that up. <laughs> but he, no, 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 that's fine because that, that's it. That's a part of the. That's like right at the end of everything that's done. But he is hitting him the entire time that he's talking to him. Like he's just constantly smacking him, and then in that scene, he's like hitting him, like nudging him. And it looks like there, like there was kind of like a trying to be like a back and forth type thing, but okay, it yeah. really looks like Michael Jai White is like really pissed off that Leguizamo's even hitting him. Yeah, he's trying to breathe it out. He's like, okay, you, you, you've gone too far now. You can just stop this shit. <laughs> Yo, cut already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So basically, what he he explains to him that you know, of course, he's dead, and of course, clowns can't spell, so that's part mm-hmm. of the joke as well. Uh, and he takes him to his grave and he gives him a shovel to dig, dig himself up. Uh, and that's after he's actually gone into the grave and he sees the, um, amulet or I guess necklace that he has. It's the picture of him and Wanda in there that says together forever aware of the shit that it says in there because, you know, of course he's all sentimental about that shit. That's where he thinks, or he remembers back to where he made the pack with Mabosha. Whoops. This is the bargain. If you leave my army, you can see Wanda again. What is your answer? Yes! Yes, I will lead your army! Anything for Wanda! If you fail me, you will die. Avenge your murder. Kill Jason Wynn. Okay, so that is the first time that you get to see Malbolgia, and oh my god, that is the worst, like, thing that you have seen in, in a film in a while. Like, that does not hold up, and I don't even know if I thought that that was cool the first time I saw it. It's so funny, because when I saw this, I was thinking, oh yeah, this is what special effects look like in this. When was this, 97? Jeez, you know what other crappy movie this reminds me of? Oh, hey, look, two months later, this reminds me of Mortal Kombat Annihilation. This looks like a bestiality <laughs> happening. This is the fight between Liu Kang and Shao Kahn, right? Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly what I'm talking about. And it's funny you say that, too, because Frank – is it Frank Weller who's doing the voice of Malbosha here? And he actually did uh, Shao Kahn's voice in the end of the first one, but uh, not in the second one. Yeah, yeah, he's done done a ton of voices kind of all over the place. And his most famous ones lately, at least on his IMDb, are all the, the some of the more recent Transformer films. Uh, but he did do Megatron's voice in the Transformers movie. Um, and that's kind of where I, I hear it from. And he's kind of all done Megatron since, and he's done Soundwave and a bunch of different things. But I, I automatically recognize the voice. I'm like, I know who that is right away. And that saddens me that you're doing the voice of this guy. Well, you know what else is he's really popular on your podcast because he also voiced Arena, which is one of your episodes, yep. Munchies, and yep. he was the voice of Godzilla. <laughs> 
Oh, Jesus that great, Christ. great Godzilla movie. Oh, so. the, the, that Godzilla, what, the one that doesn't exist? Is that the uh, one that you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, I'm talking about the Matthew Broderick one, yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's the Zilla movie. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay, here I am fucking stuff up over here. That's um, because we talked about Matthew Broderick. <laughs> probably <down>. why. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back and edit that out. No, we'll just leave it in. We'll continue on. Um, so... Uh, so that's when you also get that stupid scene with the kids. So there's the metal kids that are trying to call Satan and everything like that. And I guess the joke is, is that like, that they run into Spawn and, uh, Clown over here as they trans, as he transforms over into getting his actual armor. Um, and, you know, there's the joke that Clown makes is why did God, why does God always get the, uh, you know, the the happy-go-lucky people, and I get all the horrible people. Yeah, he's like, God gets all the good followers. And he's yeah. like, I get the... And he even drops the R word, the retards. Yes, I'm like, really? That's right. <laughs> Jesus. And according to, like, what we heard in The Last Predator, you know, you can't say retard because, you know... That would be retarded. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let Clown explain things a little bit longer, exactly what that armor is. Oh, Malmose, you spent five years preparing the Earth for your arrival, mister. A little death, a little destruction. Perfect marriage. Speaking of marriage, guess it's not your wife Ola anymore. And the winners are Wanda and Terry, multiplying like rabbits. And jumping, and pumping, and doing, and... You stay away from her. I don't want Wanda. I want you to take care of Wynn. And then you and the army can kick some angelic buttocks. <laughs> and in return for your services, we'll get Wanda back for you. Heck, you can have everyone on the planet why settle for leftovers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love this thing. Now you kill me. <laughs> you do nothing. This is awesome, sadistic game of wins. <laughs> and when I catch him, he's gonna wish he had killed me when he had the chance. That's it? That's the spirit? Just think of me as your guardian angel, the clown from hell. You're Jimmy Stewart, and I'm Clarence. Oh, well, 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 well. every time uh, somebody farts, uh, a demon catches her wings. Uh, uh, Twins! (laughs) Get away from me, you foul-smelling maggot! You still don't get it, do you, amnesia boy? We're gonna have to dig a little deeper. Okay, so I may have jumped ahead a little bit um, (laughs) from that clip. Because that's exactly what you were talking about earlier. Yeah, that is what I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. See, you're that's not okay. crazy. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I got the papers to prove it. So, yeah. So, basically, before... I, I should have played that clip before. We're just going to leave it as is. Because, what the hell? Every once in a while, I just have to move on from what my mistakes are. Um, instead of re-recording a bunch of shit. But... Uh, <laughs> But basically, that was a little further into exactly him not agreeing or not understanding exactly what was going on. And then when he actually does get his armor, here's when Clown dubs him Spawn. Shocked and amazed at the wonders of Necroflesh? You're not alone. For a limited time only, you too can have this handsome epidermis for the insane price of your soul and a buttload of pain. Let's get out of here! Oh my god! I hate wicked Satanists, don't you? Look at you. Look at you. Spawn larva on a full-fledged hell spawn in record time. <laughs> what is this? 
Oh, you were tied to the tracks and that stupid train just kept running over you now, didn't it? Running over you. The name of the people and things of hell I dubbed the... Four General of Hell's Armies. Arise, your Christmas. Arise, Duke of the Fried. Sultan of Zeline. Emir of Irigiri. All right, so I suck as a clown Viking. Now look. Do your job, and I'll be the first to kiss your black butt. But if you can't hack it, I'll gladly FedEx your worthless carcass back to the frying pan while we're both be waiting for both of us. Okay, so basically the plan is is for Spawn to kill Win, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm just thinking about you know these idiots that run away. We talked about a Pro Jam concert. It looks like that's where they were headed to as well. Oh, you hit me like, right got... in my heart here. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, was that you in the 90s too? You, you, yeah, that was definitely me as a 90s kid, except for oh, I wasn't that? trying to like summon Satan. I was just trying to be you know, introverted and love my flannel shirts. Not trying to wear red, not getting stabbed by somebody because I was wearing a red flannel. And the cholos might have been coming after me instead. Yeah, especially over there. <laughs> so, no. Uh, no, I, I mean, if anything, they probably were going to a Dave Matthews concert. That's probably where they were headed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd sing some Dave Matthews, but then again, I'd probably be sent to hell right away. Oh, jeez. So, uh, so we go and we go back into Wynn's office, and Wynn basically is looking at the news, and Terry is doing a really good job of basically doing, like, PR for him and, like, showing that he's not the evil guy that he actually is. How do you address the accusations from some quarters that the CIA only acts to protect the government's economic interests in the regions of conflict? I think the government has been as attentive to the sensitivities of the nations involved as possible. Since the unfortunate incident in Southeast Asia last week, Director Wynn has been meeting with several world leaders in an attempt to quell the proliferation of global conflict. And has this produced any positive results? I heard that last week's peace summit between the Arabs and the Israelis was... Fitzgerald may be a spineless bureaucrat, but he's doing a great PR job for me. <laughs> whole world is going to hell in a handbasket, but thanks to him, it's just another story on the five o'clock news. Like lambs to the slaughter. And the best is yet to come. There it is, Jess. Finally ready. Heat 16. <laughs> Makes the Ebola virus look like a skin rash. That North Korean biochemical operation really paid off. We have harvested the ultimate weapon from those diseased bodies. Now we have the only vaccine. <laughs> Was there ever any doubt? Never. Now we have weapons in place to disperse Heat 16 over half of this godforsaken globe. Soon the whole world will be at my command. Anyone who refuses to join my consortium won't be around to argue. <laughs> okay, so what grandkid said, Granddad Sheen, you need to be in Spawn. Because he plays this like a bad video game boss. Yeah, this is something out of House of the Dead, <laughs> you know? Yeah, sh straight up, straight up from like 1997. Like these are the voiced games that you would expect to have some just some random guy that a Japanese company hired because they needed to have somebody speaking English for their game, and he just did it for the quick paycheck. And it's it's so terrible. <laughs> like like 
it's it's like the episodes uh you know from the Simpsons where they did the whole um McBain thing and the bad guy from the McBain things it sounds almost exactly like him like I have created the super drug and this super drug is going to get everybody extra high <laughs> it's so ridiculous we know who the big Simpsons fan is here <laughs> well, yeah of course uh, who doesn't know um uh, but hey, what's with Ebola virus I was like what like that was that they that was talked about in ninety seven. Yeah, I would say Ebola was kind of like one of the hot button things around that time, if I remember correctly. Oh, okay, so then it goes away, and then it just comes back again and goes away. Kind of, you know. Okay. I, okay. I think that your your two biggest ones back in the nineties were probably Ebola and AIDS, and they probably thought that AIDS was a little too difficult to talk about at the time. Oh, uh, okay. It's like, what are we going to compare to? Um. What about gonorrhea? No, 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 that that doesn't work. That's not strong enough. No, no, no. You can get rid of that with a spray. Um, <laughs> let's let's do uh, let's do AIDS. That might be a little too much. Save that for the movie Kids, okay? Yeah, we want to make sure you know about kids having sex with each other and AIDS and all the fun stuff. If you want a bummer, go watch Kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. We'll do Ebola. You know, people know it's bad, but they don't know how bad it actually is. So it's, and again, you know, here comes, uh, you know, priest here and she's in her like third version of her leather suits. Yeah. And this may be one of the only times or not, uh, that you actually hear something, uh, let's see, all combined in the same sentence. We have priest, tight ass pants, nice ass. Does that, does that all go together fine? Kind of, unless you add <laughs> Judas to it. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Those were some tight-ass leather pants. <laughs> That's right, on that priest. That's right. Um, uh, moving along. Moving on, yeah. Uh, so then you get, uh, then Terry shows up, and Terry's figured out what's going on. Um, not completely. He knows that things are not being told truthfully, but he also is, uh, you know, he gets told what to do by when. Speak of the devil. Come in, Terry. Good to see you. Director, the car's waiting downstairs. Good. You know Agent Priest? Yes. Could I have a word with you? Alone? Of course. Would you excuse us, my dear? Glad you dropped by, son. I've been meaning to commend you on the way you've handled the media. Those rumors about me were becoming a real headache. Let's have a drink. Thank you. I know we've been covering up problems with our missions overseas. I really can't keep lying like this, sir. Lying? Really? I'd like to put a team together, analyze the field op data, get to the bottom of it. But you're not an analyst anymore, Terry. Well, there's no reason not to take a look, sir. On the contrary. Beg your pardon? Tell me, how are Cyan and Wanda? Little girl just had a birthday, didn't she? They're both fine. I'm glad to hear that. Now, let's get something straight. I run this organization the way I see fit, and I will do whatever is necessary to keep it that way. Your job is to make damn sure the public agrees with me. That clear enough? Yes. Good. So, basically, it's told you need to shut up and do what I tell you to do. Yeah, and apparently Wanda is amazing. <laughs> Everybody will do anything for Wanda. Yeah, are you sure Wanda would approve? But sir, I really don't want to stick this up my ass. Wanda would say that you had to. Well, how's Wanda doing? <laughs> yeah, how's Wanda doing? Uh, yeah. you know, I don't really want to jump, try to jump off this bridge. Well, how's Wanda doing? 
Uh... <laughs> I, she should run around with the tagline, so good that you'll turn over to Satan. Right. <laughs> or just something that says, how's Wanda doing? Exactly. That's going to be a new shirt, new bumper sticker. It's no longer Burt for Pedro, it's how's Wanda doing? That's right. <laughs> so, uh, this is where we go from him, they get in the car and they go to the big gala, and as we've gone on, there's been so much, like, disposition in the beginning of this film, and we're really about, I don't know, almost 40 minutes into the film, and it's just been quite a bit of talking and trying to explain the whole, like, world. A little bit of action in the beginning, we get to see the one little thing where, you know, he blows up the plane, but really that's kind of been the only action that we've seen in the entire film. And so now we get to find and finally get to experience the big, uh, you know, scene from the trailer where he drops in from the ceiling. So first things first, though, is they get to the award show and Wynn meets up with somebody, well, two gentlemen trying to, I don't know, get them to join his consortium, like to sign on for his weapon and like to use it, and uh, one of them, I swear to God, looks like Sinbad. Oh Jesus! Yes, <laughs> straight up. <laughs> I was like, wait, Sinbad's in this movie? <laughs> is is he gonna put on some like other superhero suit and get beat up by Arnold Schwarzenegger again? That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, can we hurry this thing up because I got this Christmas thing I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, I've got to play a postman. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that happens to have guns, and people Which, think it's funny. Another reference in this movie, too. You know, they talk about, you know, you can't just quit. You can't just leave. This ain't the post office. That's right. (laughs) Good dialogue there, guys. Yeah, the dialogue in this film. It's fantastic for one person, one person only. Um, So that's where he talks to the guys and then Spawn busts in through the the ceiling, comes down with the cape and everything like that. And you've never seen him use the cape yet. Like he's kind of used things like he's gotten the powers in his fists. When he hit the kids, but he really hasn't done anything else with his powers, yet somehow he can actually use his cape at this moment. Yeah, and might I say, rip off a Batman in this scene. Well, yeah, as he's coming down. Yeah, with the big cape falling out behind, I'm just saying. You're waiting to hear the da-da-da-da. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And then then Jim Carrey pops up, your interest was good, his was better. (laughs) (laughs) I do, I think that the, there are two things that the money, CGI money went into, and that's, one of them is definitely the cape. Yeah, one thing I was going to say about the cape too is, you know, we talk about all the companies that merge and and work on different films. Thank God that this wasn't like a Marvel thing, uh, or had it stayed and become a Marvel thing, because that became Disney. We know how Disney likes to sneak stuff in there. I swear to God, there would have been like a dick hidden in the cape. Either that or Mickey ears, if we want to stay to the PG route. I mean, the R route. Because, again, the only things that have been R in this film has been the shit-stained underwear and John Leguizamo. Yeah, pretty much. And the language isn't even R yet. And so, of course, Spawn comes crashing down, and he's here to deal with Wynn. You. Who are you? What's the matter, Jason? You don't recognize your own handiwork. You left me to die in that biochem plant. Remember? Simmons! You sent me to hell, Jason! I'm here to return the favor! Okay, so who acted worse in this scene? Mm, uh, A lot of this movie, I gotta give it to Spawn. 
You know who he, I finally figured out? I've been thinking about this, and I'm like, who does Michael Jai's white like his acting remind me of? Every time I'm like watch this, I'm like, there's the way that he's doing with the voice and the way the character okay. looks. Who does it? Who does it remind me of? Who is it? The guy that played Debo in Friday. Oh, gee. and that played the president <laughs> in The Fifth Element. Oh goodness! Straight up, the makeup makes him look like him. And the voice that he uses sounds like him, and even the teeth kind of look like his teeth. Let's see, Debo from Friday. So you're talking about Tiny? And then his real name? The guy that's super huge? Yeah, I don't know if it's Tiny. I always forget what the guy's name is. I'm sure, pretty sure I Patrick's going to be like, I know what movie the guy is. It's this guy. Oh, goodness, dude. Yeah, that guy. And how funny. That guy pops up in a million movies, too. But it, it, it totally just, it like, he sounds like him. And he acts like he like he does. Like I'm picturing the fifth element, like right when he's at the end of the movie, spoiler, and he's you know they've saved the day, and he's trying to congratulate Bruce Willis, and then he's like, "Where are they?" And that's what I'm like. I feel that this scene is. Mm, well, it's so funny because well, the whole time I was watching this, I was like, "Man, I can't wait to see Jamie Fox do it better." <laughs> well, <laughs> will Jamie Fox actually be able to do it better? Oh, I, I think so. Yeah, there's going to be something to it. Just as long as he doesn't try to do, like, a voice. True. Though, I think Jamie Foxx is probably going to have to do some type of voice. Yeah, maybe they'll ADR it. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he, you'll use his LaWanda. Maybe <laughs> Maybe they'll do something like they did in Toxic <laughs> Avenger. <laughs> like, that's clearly not his voice. <laughs> maybe. Maybe we'll get something like that. You know, it'll be Jamie Foxx in the suit, but it won't be. Or maybe they should have gotten uh, Jaleel White to do this role instead of Michael Jai White. Okay. Did Spawn <laughs> Did I do, do that? that? That's right. Oh, that'd be great. He does good at Sonic the Hedgehog, though. So. He does. And he actually has been good in a couple of other recent things lately, too. And I've been very surprised. And like, oh, hey, you're actually an actor. <laughs> you're not just Urkel. Oh, uh, hopefully you're not talking about Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. No, I'm not that. talking about that at all. Okay, good. <laughs> so, of course, this starts the big, like, action sequence where he goes around and he starts shooting a bunch of people, uh, and eventually he faces down with Jessica, who's wearing some of the best body armor in the world that's all leathery and then, like, sparkly at the same time, like, on the chest that basically says, shoot me here. Uh, mm-hmm. and then she basically says, kill me. Oh, you can't do it, Al, because you're not that type of person. And he's like, you're right, I'm not. And then he shoots her anyway and kills her. Um, and that leads to probably one of the funniest lines in the film. Uh, shortly after, of course, Spawn tries to escape from the whole thing. He climbs on the walls. Uh, and he's basically like running around, like figures out that the chains, the nipple chains that he's got actually work and are allowing him to, to scale. And then his hands turn into like frog feet. Yeah, I got some sort of almost like octopus tentacle, the way it just, you know, meshes right against the, the building. Yeah, it's, you, you can see on the hand that it gets like these weird like circles, like suction right, cups. Like suction cups. <laughs> and yeah. so he scales the wall and it's clearly that he's, you know, on something flat crawling around. Um, cause it just looks terrible. Looks uh, like some of that, uh, 1970 Spider-Man right there. That's right. You're just going to keep bashing Marvel when you can, huh? You know. <laughs> so, Sorry, Pat. <laughs> so he hides himself with his cape against a piece of the wall. It's actually really, really smart. Like the cape actually knows what it needs to do. Kind of like Dr. Strange's cape and, uh, you know, hides him up against the wall. And then until it no longer, he decides, Oh, you know what? I don't need to hide anymore. 
and then slips on a rock. Yeah. Just a wasted opportunity. Like, why don't you just sit still for a little while? Like, do you really need to, like, take away your disguise? Oh, and how shitty is, is that building? Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. So, he does manage to escape, though, and he gets back into the alley. We go back over, and we see that they're taking Jessica Priest's body into the ambulance. And this is a long sequence. And the first part of it is probably my favorite line of the whole movie. And then the rest of it is Wynn talking to Clown and Clown explaining something that he needs to do for him. All right, what do we got here, fellas? Gunshot wound to the head, Doc. Oh, uh, she's dead. Come on. All right, let's go. Easy. There. That's it. Yeah, make some room here. Make some room. Put him around the back. Get him around the back. Why didn't you warn me about Simmons? Vaughn was ready sooner than I expected. So don't get your panties in a wad. Always bitching at me. Why didn't you tell me about Simmons? Why didn't you tell me it was gonna hurt? Am I gonna go to hell? I'll grow up, you sniveling ninny. At least you had fun compared to them. Fun! Does this look like Playland to you? No. No, he killed Jessica. He damn near killed me. You say that like it's a bad thing. No, Jackie. Jackie, Spawn's a big idiot. Look, he's been through hell. <laughs> as soon as he finishes one more little detail, he'll be ready to join us. Now I've done my part. How about yours? How are we doing on your front? Heat 16 is ready to go. It better be, Bozo. It better be. The army's ready. The spawn's ready. The Heat 16 completes the venture. Congrats, your freaking license. What's Simmons got to do with all this? Oh, he's just the highest scoring killer of all time, that's all. If we hadn't recruited him, the other side would have musclehead. Ah, chick, I almost forgot again. Memo from Brimstone Breath. We're gonna ring a fancy-snancy device that connects your heartbeat to the Heat-16 bomb. So if your heart starts ticking, the bomb goes off. We don't want any smart-ass fruitcake taking you out ahead of schedule. Sort of an insurance policy from the good hands, people. That's a good idea. I like that. Now, I want your special attention dealing with Spawn, you hear me? Gladly. Good. Now, stay sharp. The night is young. Okay, so the first one is the fact that when they roll the girl up to the car, what does she have? Gunshot wound to the head. Well, she's dead. Yeah, I actually had that written down on my notes, too. I thought it was the funniest thing. What do we got here? Gunshot to the head. Oh, yeah, she's dead. Just like you just said. I, genius. I mean, there's no one. Of course he's a doctor. He knew that right away. Yeah, I mean, it It took, uh, you know, a bunch of people to tell him exactly what happened. Like, you can't see that she's got the big bolt. Like, it's not, granted, it's not a huge bolt wound in the head or anything like that. It's like a scratch with a little bit of blood coming out of it. But the only blood you get in this happened. damn movie, by the way. What? The only blood you get in this damn movie. <laughs> well, you do right, get thanks. some other blood, but it's nothing really worth speaking about. Okay. At the end, at the end. Okay, okay. You know, one thing that we didn't talk about, I gotta bring up is sure. the scene where they're fighting just before, you know, he, he shoots her in the head. His belt attacks her. She tries to, I guess, oh. almost knee him in the groin, and you get some sort of animated where it bites her in the leg, and the whole, it has a little face on it, and the whole time I'm thinking, 
I, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, Evil Bong, but there's a scene in Evil Bong where all the braziers and the bras have little faces on there with teeth that bite. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking that was the best cock blocker in the world. Oh, the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that technology when you need it? Um, ugh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's stuck on spawn. So, also, so we, we know a little more about, like, what's kind of going on. We know that Clown is kind of planning all these things. The fact, too, that he calls Satan uh, Brimstone Breath is kind of ridiculous. Like, Satan wouldn't know exactly what he's doing at this this moment in time. And also the fact that Wynn knows that he's working with Satan. Like, he has to know at least some way, shape, or form that he's he's working with a demon. And that, oh, yeah, you know what? A heart monitor is perfect thing that we need. Something that says, oh, the world, all these bombs are going to blow off if I die. Yeah, that's that's totally cool. Yeah, genius move, by the way. Oh, yeah, it's the smartest thing that anybody's ever done in the world. Shit, I wish I would have thought about that. Maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> hmm. Might be a good idea in case somebody wants to kill me for doing something on Spawn. All the podcasts will disappear if, if I die. That's right. You better keep me alive, people. But what would have happened anyway? Like, let's say he gets the thing installed, which he ultimately does. But what if he just has a random heart attack? Yeah, joke's on him. <laughs> like, Clown didn't really need Spawn to do it. He just needed to find some way for him naturally to die. Right. There's a lot of things in this movie that don't really add up. So, from here, we go over and we see that Spawn is again stalking Wanda at one of Wanda's, like, SPCA events or something like that. Like, I didn't quite get a handle on exactly what she was doing. Yeah, same here. I She seemed to be some sort of person that's, you know, reporting something to an audience and she's, you know saying stuff that you can't really grasp onto, but you can tell that she's kind of concerned about her topic and she's pointing at a screen, but she's also being a bad mom just by letting her kid go off and play by herself. Yeah, she just let her, oh, you know what, I've got a speech to do, I'll bring my kid with me, and we'll just set her over in the corner. She's got a stuffed tiger that she can play with. Yeah, she'll be good. Yeah, I mean, She won't run into spawn. Yeah, she's <laughs> been giving candy to strangers anyway, right? Oh, she's on the right track. <laughs> That's right, she's got her little van in the back, nondescript white van. <laughs> Hey, you want some candy, little boy? Oh, shouldn't be going there, right? Anyway, so Spawn does show up. <laughs> and because she traced, she chases out Spaz out of the room and somehow hurts herself. Yeah, you don't see it. No, she's just crying over in the little corner. And he's like, what happened to you? I hurt myself. That was the Spawn voice. Nice. Yeah, that, uh, hey, it was better uh, than Michael Jai White's. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he basically talks with her and like, oh, you know, ends up like picking her up to take her back to her mom, making sure that she's okay. And then you get a very, um, odd scene with Clown. What a pretty little dress. I wonder if she's got it in my sass. Spawn is funny, he's our man, if you can't kill him, no one can. Yay! Spawn is the peak to the age of the war, as to the peak to the age of the war, go Spawn, go Spawn. I put you on Earth to make sure Spawn keeps his end of the bargain. I do pick him to lead the army anyway. 
What are you thinking? It should be me! It should be me! I had to tell you! It's not fair! It's not fair! It's not... And that's exactly the kind of talk we don't tolerate around here, right, boss? Enough! Spawn must choose to murder Wynn and release the virus. Then my army will be complete. Now, now, boss! This is your last chance. Okay, so what the fuck? Why is that first part in there when he's in the cheerleading outfit? Yeah, it completely comes out of left field. Oh, I expected the pentatonics to show up and start singing cheerleader. I, I didn't know what was going on. Then or where in the world is Spawn? Where yeah. in the world is... <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> That's right. We're going to start singing some pentatonic songs. Come on, it's a pentatonics hour right now. Oh, let's wait till Christmas. They, all their hits are Christmas songs anyway. Now well, that's pretty much true. But we got other things to sing at Christmas time. Oh, this is right. <laughs> uh, hint, hint. But nobody's <laughs> gonna know. Um, nope. So anyway, uh, again, like then when he sees Satan and he's like, he's being a complete and utter whiny little bitch. Like, and I know the story behind. The violator is that the violator is kind of like w- wanted to be his right hand man and was passed over by Spawn because Spawn is that special. And, you know, that kind of is shown here, but they don't really go into what Malboja says about the fact that Spawn's got to want to kill Win. He can't just outright do it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And, and most of the time I'm thinking, why doesn't he just, you know, Mr. Satan go up there and just do it himself? He seems to be the most powerful badass motherfucker out of everybody. He's got all these people working under him. And yet he keeps having this clown go up there and babysit. So, I don't know, man. He, I know that he needs to have it manipulated and that it needs to be done that way. Like, it can't be done straight up and go tell him, hey, you need to kill him. Even though Clown constantly saying, you need to kill Win, you need to kill Win. But then Malboja is like, he needs to want to kill him of his own will. Which one is it? Is it... Of his own will, or should he do it because Clown's saying, go ahead and do it? Yeah. And the, I'll be like, like, I, oh, go ahead. I'd say I would just, if you don't put that cheerleader costume ever again, I'll kill him. Yeah, well, I was going to say, it's like a Tootsie Pop. You know, the world may never know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we go back, and we see that, uh, you know, what's his name? Teddy has showed up. Fuck, I don't care about people's names in this movie. <laughs> Teddy. Okay. Oh, so Wanda's bitch has showed up, and <laughs> and Better. he's basically saying that Wynn was attacked by something, someone, and because it, when Wynn was also attacked, Spawn also told him that he knew who he was, so how could he do this to him? And so... You have uh, him trying to grab the family together and take them back to the house. And, of course, Spaz stays behind because he's so attached to uh, Spawn. And I was like, aw, that, uh, that's really dumb. Yeah. Oh, you you want to go where he goes. Okay. Yeah, exactly. He's like my buddy, you know. Wherever you go, he goes. Oh, now you're going to break into song again? <laughs> no. No, not yet. <laughs> okay. Maybe towards the end of it. We'll see. Uh Spawn, Spawn, he's our man. Oh, wait. 
Hey. <laughs> I'm just going to randomly start singing a Pearl Jam song to make you happy. Uh, make a whole other Spawn soundtrack. <laughs> that's right. The real Spawn soundtrack. Um, so we go back and we see Spawn, and Spawn's now uh, up back at the church that looks over Rat Alley or Rat City or Rat whatever you want. Rat the band, whatever the rat is that is down there. <laughs> and uh, he's... <laughs> Uh, he gets interrupted by Zachary, who's wondering what exactly he, he's like stockpiling here and why he has it. And then they're interrupted, uh, by Clown, which he finally shows himself the true self to spawn. You know, sometimes I wake up at night down in the alley and wonder, is this hell? Not yet, but soon. <laughs> Heads up. I got one. <laughs> so who's your new friend? Spawn. Get out of here, Zach. What? Go! <laughs> Miss me? <laughs> Here's Clowny. <laughs> so, it was you who told Wynn to kill me. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Before I blow your fat circus ass away, I want to know why you picked me to lead your war. Well, well, if it isn't Curious Crispy, your DNA spelled DOA and we just nursed it along. All those assassin missions we're just training for what's coming. <laughs> now, get, now let's get down to business. Wins finally got that Heat 16 virus bomb working. We made especially for you to get things started with a big, wet, infectious. Come on. And all you have to do is just lead us to the Holy Land so he can burn it down. <laughs> you filthy little piece of vermin. What makes you think I would join your army? You can take this army of yours and shove it. Sounds like a country song. You take their army of yours and shove it. You take that. Uh-oh. You got that I want to beat the fat little man look in your eye. <laughs> into 50 pieces they mail you to every state. I'm gonna take your intestines and... I don't know why I put up with all this crap. You're a bigger fool than I thought if you think you're gonna wreck my plans. You're gonna do just what you promised. Put down my dog. <laughs> nice doggy. Heel fat. No, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to do it the hard way? I warned you. I'm just going to have to teach you a lesson. No more clowning around. I'm not the vindicator or the victimizer or the vaporizer or the vibrator. Take Hell's Army and shove it. I ain't working here no more. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, there it is. Nice. <laughs> so, okay, there's there's one thing before this that I wanted to talk about before that thing whole started, and that was how Spawn figured out Zachary's name, and it was just the fact, like, I ain't trying to make no friends. And then he's like, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> Every time he talks to this kid, he's go he goes back on exactly what he says. Yeah. <laughs> But he didn't take that drink, you know. 
Which he, I don't know why not. You know, you've been in hell for five years. You come back and there's some backwash in a twenty ounce can or twenty ounce bottle. Why not take it? Well, see, I think he also led that kid down the wrong path too, because you know there's that scene with his dad and they're eating the trash, right? Oh. And then he gets that sandwich that's all rotten and moldy and shit, and he's got to eat it. He starts coughing it up, you know, and it's probably because you know, well, Spawn ain't gonna take that backwash shit. Why do I need to eat this like moldy ass piece of sandwich? Yeah, you can tell he, you know, he's growing up fast. That's right. And so, you know, what would you do if, uh, you know, your stepson, uh, rejected your moldy piece of sandwiches you're trying to make him eat? Uh, not what the dad does in this movie. <laughs> Get his ass kicked by Spawn? Exactly. <laughs> like, screw you, Spawn. I know who you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take Hell's army and shove it. Yeah, you can't get me, Briggs. All right. That's where I know him from. <laughs> Oh, man. So they fight the Violator and Spawn. And this is probably the other spot where the CG budget went to because the Violator actually looks really good and very close to the actual comic book. Yeah. One thing I will say, though, is during the mid-transformation scene, I caught myself pausing it and staring at it and go, hey, he looks like Pop Fizz from Skylanders. So that... (laughs) Pros or cons, if you know who that is, but yeah, totally there. Well, it's also kind of weird, like, when he's transforming from Clown to the Violator, like, it also kind of looks like one of those things that you see outside of the businesses that are waving their arms like crazy. Oh, You know, the wacky waving, inflatable arm flailing tube man. Escape from planet Earth, I get it. (laughs) And then, but then there's, like, a really good mix of, like, practical effects along with the CGI effects, like the computer-generated effects. Yeah, and I know we we dog on the movie a lot for the 90s CGI, but this sequence, like you're saying, it was pretty impressive. I expect it to be a lot worse than what it was. Especially after seeing Malboja a couple of times, and like mm. that the fact they couldn't even get his mouth to really move, like in time with the words that were coming out of his mouth. Oh, I just thought Satan was being lazy and he was just talking through his teeth. I don't need to move it. It kind of sounds like Christian Bell. Huh, okay. Or, or Christian Slater. Oh, well, you know, I do have my talents. <laughs> or lack thereof. Yeah, it, it's just, it's literally like, you know, there's the, the scenes where, you know, there's, it's obvious that it's a CGI spawn and that, and then they're actually the spawn. And I'm not a big fan of the spawn costume like that they use because it, it's obviously not Michael Jai White in the costume when, he, when the mask is on. Like, it it looks so much different, and it's just kind of ridiculous in general. But, like, it looks really good in this scene. And, and again, like, we've been dogging a lot of it. This is probably one of the best scenes in the film in terms of the action that goes on here. So you think we got a stuntman the whole time? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we have a stuntman the whole time, unless you can tell me that I'm wrong. I, you know, I, I've read that he talked about what it was like being in the suit and how his training in martial arts is how he was able to deal with it. But yeah, I will say when he's in the spawn costume, he does look bigger, more muscular. And if that's not him, then that sucks because that's his credit. I got to take away from him now. And that's only the credit he had. Yeah. I mean, it could be totally him in that costume and I, I could be totally wrong, but it just feels like the the guy doesn't look exactly well it doesn't feel like he looks similar like when he's wearing the suit outside of it because 
like the thing is too that I remember watching this film and that I still think about even while rewatching this film was that in the comics Spawn never has his mask off like ever like there's only yeah. a couple of times that he does and in this film he constantly has his mask off until the mask comes on and that's always during some big stunt scene yeah it reminds me of almost what like a knight who's about to fight or joust they have their helmet pulled up and then right oh we're about to do this okay helmet back down that's yeah. what you get and and so you basically spend most of the time uh, well, at least I spent most of the time wondering if it actually is him inside of the, the costume during those bigger sequences. Now I know something like maybe in some of the driving sequences when he's driving like the motorcycle in a bit, then it might not actually be him. Uh, but I was at least hoping that in some of the more of like physical fighting sequences that it would actually be him. We would hope. We would hope. So they fight, they fight in the church, they, they bound around and eventually, uh, clown slash the violator does win out the contest between the two of them. Um, and he leaves him, tells him that basically, you know, he's going to have to do what he wants, um, or else he's going to kill him. And then you see what the actions that his vengeance is bringing upon the people of rat city. Your vengeance, that pain, when Wanda, none of this is worth the cost. Those are the only things that matter to me now. Al Simmons is dead. Let him go. I am Simmons, old man. You're spawned now. But that doesn't mean you have to be what they want. So, it, and I should say that it was Cogliostro that did save him, right? Yeah. Like, he comes in at the last minute and hurts the Violator and lets him free. Sure but does. we see that Zachary's dad has gotten the shit kicked out of him, not only by Spawn, but by the Violator. Yep. Which is really funny, too, because in that scene where he's naming all the things that he is and all the things that he's not, I swear one of them was the Vibrator. He does but... say that. You can hear okay. it in there. Just making sure. <laughs> well, also, too, like, this is the second time that he squoze something and not killed it. Yeah. Like, he goes and he squeezes Spaz, but then he gets shot. But then he grabs the dad, and he starts, like, squeezing on him like he's going to pop him like a, you know, like a zit. And doesn't do it. Hmm. Like, so he's he's also a tease, then. Yes. Which is kind of like a vibrator. Just but, saying. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do we go from there? Uh <laughs> <laughs> No, he should be called the stripper because he's like a tease. Oh, oh, don't go country. <laughs> oh, come on, I'm from California. I'm supposed to make fun of people from the country, right? Oh, yeah, like people like me from Texas because we're all cowboys here. That's right. Ugh. So from here, Cogliostro teaches him kind of how to use the armor. Basically tells him that, hey, it's made of a bunch of neural connections and that you can control the armor in different ways. So he tells him about, you know, like making spikes come from it, which he does. Uh, and of course he thinks he's got to have those like quips in there. Like, you know, after you do it, bitching or, or things like that. Oh. It's this yeah, so and, fucking cheesy. Yeah. And there's a scene like that too earlier in the movie when he's fighting priest and he gets shot up to hell and all of a sudden all his bullet holes and wounds all heal up. And he just lets out some more of that dialogue that you're just like, really, man? Like, just cheese it up some more. Yeah, it makes it sound worse than it actually is. 
Like it's it should be something yeah really cool. And maybe the first time I think they could maybe get away with it, right? Because the first time it's like, oh, I've been shot and the stuff heals up. Oh my god! And he's like, oh man, this is really cool. Like that type of thing. Like a like a Spider Man type of you know situation where he's learning his things or even Clark Kent when he was young and he realized they could jump really, really far, you know, like you're really amazed. It's really cool. But just the way that he does it and the way they said it is so goddamn cheesy. Yeah. And see, I was thinking more like Shazam. When you see the previous Shazam, you get some of that natural reaction as well. And it's all about the delivery. And that's why when you were asking me earlier about who is kind of doing the worst acting, I kind of give it to the main character. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, so from here, uh, we he basically learns the the basics. He doesn't learn everything. He doesn't learn how to control the cape really, uh, but he knows that he's got those chain nipples so that he can uh, shoot out. And the first time he shoots out, you see the skulls come out, and then they get sad and fall down, which I thought was actually kind of funny. <laughs> and then he also is told by uh, Cogliostro, Jesus, I I think I finally learned how to say that goddamn name. That sounded pretty good. <laughs> He learns that if he keeps using his powers, eventually they're going to drain. And if they completely drain, then he dies and goes back down to hell. So it's kind of like a Catch-22. You've got all these great powers. And in the Spawn comic books and even the animated series, you would see like a counter every time sometime he'd use the powers in a major way. Not just, you know, using the chains or he would do something like transform himself or he would heal from near death that would actually drain a portion of the power and that was closer he was to going back to hell. Yeah, it's kind of funny. It's like, I'm going to teach you all this cool stuff, but uh, if you do it all, you're going to die. Exactly. So, so watch from, your shit. Exactly. Basically, don't overuse your powers, but you've got some really cool stuff. And then we go into kind of the most unneeded chase scene ever. Like, this... I don't, this is another scene I don't know why it's in here other than to pad the film. Like, he drives off, he steals some dude's motorcycle, and then he starts driving, like, is he trying to go to Wins? Is he trying to go to Wanda's? Like, where exactly was he <laughs> headed for at that moment? And then, like, Clown, the reason for the chase, honestly, so that Clown could put him in the right direction, right? Yeah, pretty much. You you wonder anything for Wanda. Like, he's clearly going to go to Wanda, right? It's all he's doing in this whole damn movie. And then you have Clown driving this truck full of a, what is it called again? It's a plasma? His fucking green goo. Green goo, yeah, I like that better. Uh, just to show the cool things that the cape can do as well. Which, it, it is cool. You know, it, being able to manipulate the cape and everything. But again, it's so funny. It's like, how does he know he can do all that? Well, like, we, he, he learned to hit armor. Yeah, well, but. I was saying with that armor, when he turned the, the bike into the armor, it kind of mm-hmm. looked like the Videodrome gun. Oh, yes, it did, very much. And that was the first thing that went into my mind. But then the cool thing, I think the coolest part of that scene was when he turned the armor into the giant, like, spikes to stop yes. the, the truck. Yeah, and, and that's what I was thinking, too. I was like, man, like, that, that now he's using the cape the way it should be used, man. It's it's a very Green Lantern thing, like, just the power of will. If you can think it, you can do it, you can do anything. But it's so late in the goddamn movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, it takes, you know, well over an hour to figure this out. Yeah, we're, we're basically halfway, we're, we're just about to start the third act, and the third act is like 15 minutes long, <laughs> is what it feels like. It's probably yeah. a little bit longer than that, it's probably like 20 minutes long, but it's literally like, okay, we've spent all this time, him learning, like, the situation around him, and then he gets taught a little bit about his powers, not a whole lot, 
but a little bit about his powers, and then now he's ready to fight the final battle. Yeah, it's one of those things where they should have coasted it through the movie and made him training more often with this guy, but that's okay. Yeah, this isn't Batman Begins. Yeah, we needed a montage. A spawn montage. With 80s music. That's right. A spontage, if you will. Spontage. I love it. Hashtag spontage. <laughs> spontage squarepants. <laughs> <laughs> so we then go cut over back and we see uh, Wanda and Cyan and Wanda's bitch. And Wanda's bitch is uploading. And that's Terry, by the way, not Teddy or whatever the fuck I called him before. Um and we see that he's talking to some reporters and uploading some files. Uh, and they turn, they're actually the files that he stole from Wynn. He was actually able to, uh, go into the, his office, which for some reason you would think a guy as paranoid as he was that would put that like heart thing into him would have his office better protected and allow somebody just to randomly go in there, steal your disc and make a copy of it. Exactly. So he basically is transferring all the information up. And that's when uh, Wynn shows up and is rounding all the family. And then we get to see the, the beginning of the final showdown when a familiar face shows up to the house. Peekaboo, I see you. <laughs> you know how hard this place is to find in the dark? It's times like these I appreciate being a midget. Ah, hello, Cyan. Remember me? You were at my birthday party. No, duh. What are you, a regular Einstein? You sure know how to raise him, don't what you? Don't you touch her. Back off, hero. I'm back by popular demand. Biggest life and twice as rotten. Does wonders for my asthma. Where's Spawn? Let's cut the crap. Spawn's on his way. You ready to play? Of course I am. And you better be. <laughs> you don't know how much your heart means to me. Boom! <laughs> So, the the clown eyes and tongue, mm. so out of place. Yeah, it looks very much like Jim Carrey in The Mask. Exactly, that was exactly what was going through my head during that scene. I was like, "Oh, hey, this is either Jim Carrey's The Mask or Son of the Mask because it looks just as bad as that does." Which you know, it wouldn't be as terrible if he had been doing something similar throughout the whole movie. But this is the only time that he does that. Even when he was, like, the clown at the birthday party, like, if he had done something similar. And then it's so random that he does the balloon thing, too. Like, it seems so out of place. And just to mention, the clown at the birthday party, much scarier looking, almost in a John Wayne Gacy manner. Mm Mm-hmm. He should have just been that the whole time. Yeah, but, you know, this is the way... This clown is what the clown was from the comics, so it makes sense that he looks like this, but... Maybe instead of doing the clown face with the the eyes bulging out and the tongue coming out, like if it changed real fast to the clown that he was at the party, I think that would have been kind of cooler. You talk about clown face. What if he did duck face? Oh, well, you know, if he did duck face, then somebody would have to shoot him in the face. Then we get some duck tits. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. and some duck butter. We can go back to all your episodes now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is what <laughs> happens when it. I have you on the show. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. There's certain things I did not bring up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So now, now we're, we're getting set up for the final confrontation. And Al shows up to the house. Bond shows up. And he goes into the, the living room and he sees that Wanda is there. She comes out of the fireplace first. That should have been a red herring, but of course, not a red herring, but a, you know, red alert. Um, cause it is a red herring. Um, spoiler alert. But she like comes out of the flames all tied up. He's trying to go over there and save her. And then Wynn pops up behind her with a knife and is threatening to kill her. And he doesn't give her, give Spawn enough time to make the decision. And of course, he stabs her. Wanda! Help me, please. Ah, 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 ah. Careful. Don't make me nervous. I might nick something vital. You touch her, and you die slow. All right, Spawn. No more fun and games. <laughs> Either you join Hill's army or she dies. I will rip your heart out. Let her go. So what's it gonna be? Time's running out. Ah. Too late. No! So, okay. Her eyes are glowing red. When she gets stabbed, she's glowing green. How dumb is he? Yeah. Well, about as dumb as his comment earlier. So he's like... Wynn would have wished he would have killed me. I'm like, well, yeah, dumbass. I mean, he tried to kill you. I bet he does wish he killed you earlier. Well, the thing is, it's not that he even wished. He did kill you. Right. You know? It's like, oh, I'm going to make him wish he would have killed Like, wish, like, how? You got brought he back from you the on dead. Fire. It should be, I'm going to make wish Wynn wish that I didn't get killed or he didn't kill me. Wish that I can't come back to life. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Now we're getting to Aladdin territory here. So, so of course, he goes after Wynn, and Wynn uses the, oh, you can't kill me because you don't want to kill a child defense. And Spawn is really thinking hard about it, whether or not he should totally just fucking stab Wynn with all the little stabby things on his hand. And ultimately, he doesn't because Cyan calls out to him, and he's got a heart, like a soft spot for her, but it's not his daughter. It's okay if she dies. There's no relation there. Except for that it's Wanda's. You know, not his. Of course, he doesn't know if it's truly Terry's. Like, how old is she? Is she five? Is she three? We never know. She could be six for all we know. Maybe it's Yeah, never mind that she's one of the better actresses in the movie. Oh, she that scene that she has with him, I wish... I didn't really want to grab that scene because it was so short. But I wanted to play who acted better in that scene. I think Cyan actually wins that scene. I agree. So, uh, so ultimately, Spawn, he's able to, I, somehow take out the heart monitor thing and, like, completely destroy it without it going off. Yeah. And it, like, goes through Wynn's body without busting through his back, right? Like, it almost becomes where it's, I'm not going to say invincible, but it seeps through. And then he destroys it in midair and it's gone. It's like corporeal, right? It, it literally goes out into the air like a fucking ghost being exercised from his body. And then he destroys it. Well, it looks so terrible because I remember when the scene was going on, I thought he was just 
looking into him to see if he was telling the truth about it. Okay, yep, I'm pulling it into view. I can see it. Okay. But I'm like, wait, did he just destroy that? And he used some of his powers to neutralize it somehow. Like, he just went in there and he took, like, necro scissors and cut the red wire to make sure that it didn't, like, blow up. (laughs) Right. Saved 20 minutes of the movie right there. (laughs) We could have, that would have been kind of interesting. Like, him's there sweating and overcomes Cog, whatever his name is, (laughs) Cog, uh, Cogliostro, and, like, is, like, dabbing his head with, like, the, the the towel to make sure he doesn't sweat too much. Like, it's surgery. And he's walking him through the procedure. That's right. Okay, now what you want to do is you want to attach the red to the green. Oh, shit, I did blue to yellow. Everybody's fucking dead. That's yep. the director's cut. Oh, okay, there's your extra two minutes. <laughs> it's, it's like Little Shop of Horrors, right, where the monster wins. And in this case, it's uh, everybody just blows up. He kills Win. There you go. I don't give a shit. Apocalypse. So he saves him, and then he goes over to Wanda to basically... Look at her corpse and free her corpse from there. And that's where I think that actress, who I honestly don't know who it is, uh, but she gives the best performance of the entire movie. You oh, yeah, she sells it. Worthless bag. How could you let him kill me? Me! The most important thing in your entire freaking universe! You pansy bacon crisp! <laughs> totally cut you off playing the thing before you said something so yeah it's okay i was hoping it wasn't too bad no 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 it was uh what were you going to say i was going to agree with you that i really like her performance uh she kind of comes out of her shell and shows that she actually can act in this scene not just a pretty face yeah i think it's excellent i think that the the way that she performed like this was what she was hired for. Like they said, okay, we're going to have you read one scene of this movie. Cause she's pretty tame and docile for almost the entire film. And then you get to this point and it's like, whoa, what the hell? Like, where was this type of acting from anybody in this film? <laughs> yeah. She's not given many chances to show what she can do before. Uh, even though when her daughter's talking to a complete stranger for the first time, rather than, drop that fucking pitcher eliminate or whatever it was and run to her daughter. She spends the time to perfectly set it on the table and then go tend to her. But the whole time I was thinking I'd have chunked that pitcher right at him, but that's just me. Yeah. Well, of course you get the daddy instincts kicking in and then you just want to beat the shit out of somebody that's trying to talk to your daughter. Uh, now and always. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another scene that like I was amazed they had to do. Cause then Wanda actually does like pop up there and he clown goes over to her and, 
and he like licks her face and I was like, I would hate to be the animator that actually has to animate that tongue, like, to do that. Like, no, 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 it doesn't look quite right. You need to make it look a little dirtier than that. No, 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 that's too dirty now. No, 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 you gotta make sure that it, it doesn't bend enough around her face. Like, what, what would be the process for doing that? It just, it would bother me to be that animator for that scene. Well, see, you know, this movie was made by New Line Cinema, so they just took that Freddy Krueger route. Okay. He's doing that all the time, too. And I don't know if you noticed the amount of slobber that drips from her chin is nice. <laughs> it's nice. And by nice, I mean disgusting and nice. <laughs> <laughs> so from here, we have, again, Cogliostro comes and saves the day and scares Clown back into hell. And him and uh, Spawn decide that they're going to go into hell to take care of this once and for all. And then you get the big giant scene down in hell where they go ahead and they start fighting kind of the, the armies. Well, they fight the, the, the violator first in a decent scene. This is not as good as the, the church scene. Like you can tell that like a lot of time was spent on that scene, but this scene, it really is like, cause they're trying to animate hell at the same time, but they're really not doing anything when they're animating hell. Like they're just reusing whatever they've had before in the film. Yeah, it totally looks like a level of doom. Yeah, like an old, really, we're not talking about like doom from like a couple of years ago. We're talking about doom back in the 90s, where it's oh, yeah. literally just like, you know, JPEG art in the background for the walls. Yeah, when I'm done loading up MS-DOS mode, I'm going to play Doom. That's the kind of effects you get. Yeah, exactly. And and again, the Violator, he doesn't look bad, but it doesn't look the best in the scene, especially when they're throwing, he's like throwing the two of them around like the space. It looks like literally they're in one place, and it's like really bad effects that are making them fly across the screen. Yeah. So they fight... The Violator, they beat the Violator, at least to the point that he disappears. And uh, then all of a sudden, the armies of Hell all line up to start attacking Spawn and, and Cogliostro. And Malboja shows up, and they're going... And then all of a sudden, there's that weird, I put, what the fuck is Spawn doing thing? Which part is he doing? It's the green, like, oh, thing. Okay, yes. He's, like, sucking the life out of the other people. Yeah, I don't know. It's like he has uh, lightning made of splat gook now, and he's, you know, teleporting it and transmitting it through all the other beings there just to show that he can. And I would have much rather had an awesome fight sequence, even if he just flies and slices all their heads off or something. You know, it's a radar movie. Why not? But no, instead we get this. Well, even just a fight like, like, oh, like those old kung fu movies where all these guys are just rushing out, or like Kill Bill, right? Volume 1, where she's just being attacked by the Crazy 88. Like, why not just have a bunch of, you know, scrubs that are coming and attacking him, and like you said, either being sliced up, or are just being kicked away, even if you're not going to show people getting killed. But no, he just basically powers up his rocket ass. <laughs> rocket ass? <laughs> like, that's what it's like. It's oh, like he no. charges up for a really big fart and fucking blasts himself up back into the real world. Look what we can do with these effects. That's right. We can turn it into the spawn rocket. He's like a fucking becoming Inspector Gadget instead of fucking oh, being God. spawn, right? Yeah, pretty much. And I didn't even say, I, I still can't get his name right. I feel like I want to say Calypso, but that, no, that's Twisted Metal. That's but right. 
yeah, Cog, Cogman, Cockman, whatever. You know, he looks like the Jeepers Creepers guy with his get up. Oh yeah, especially when he gets down there. But then he's got like the chainmail stuff uh. set up, and he actually goes back to his like old ways. And it's funny because in the comic books, he actually like he trains Spawn, but he eventually tries to kill Spawn. Oh, okay, he's a backstabber. Kind of, yeah, and I forget the reasons why. Um, I mean, because I started the comics shortly after I started watching the animated series, but then I totally dropped off, and I, a little while ago I had a Wikipedia run of, oh, let's see where the story is up to or what the story became. And uh, at one point, I guess he does try to kill Spawn, uh, but I don't remember exactly the reasons why. But in here, of course, he's just being like the, the mentor, trainer type guy. Hmm. So they use, uh, you know, Spawn's jet farts to get out of hell and to, they believe that they've saved the day. Uh, and b- there is, you know, one last fight scene between the violator and Spawn. Uh, while they're all sitting around, the violator shows up and attacks Spawn and almost bites down on his head. But of course, uh, Cogliostro, he tells Spawn that, Hey, don't forget the powers of your suit. Again, and he go-go spawn spikes out of his head and, <laughs> like, busts right into Malboja's, or not Malboja, sorry, the Violator's mouth. And uh, then wraps the chains around his neck, turns those into spikes, and cuts his head off. Because that's the only way to kill a demon, is to cut their head off in this version of Spawn. So he does so, and then there's some last words from Clown. <sighs> You're gonna pay for this. It's not over yet. I'll gum you to death. I'll fight the... <laughs> hey, Wanda. What do you think about my little head, huh? <laughs> this is your last chance to join up. Think about it. Come on. <laughs> You'll pay for this. Give my regards to your boss. Tell him he's next. And that's where you kind of get your blood there, Dave. You get all of the melting uh, Violator, but it's weird blue CGI goop. Yeah, and that's why I hesitated to call it blood. It's just, I, I do like the scene where the chains wrap around the neck and it saws it down and, you know, he melts and everything. That's all fine and dandy, but it would have been much cooler if we had a lot of blood in this movie. Yeah, again, why is this movie rated R? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Cause, and even when I looked like on IMDb, I was trying to figure out, well, okay, I always look at the ratings for the movies, and that's where I go. And if it's rated R, I'd like to see, okay, well, why is it rated R? And it was like, oh, for uses of ass and bitch. And then like the fact that it could be scary with when they turn into demons, and the fact that the, his head gets cut off, and I was like, but this is so lame and cheesy and not even bloody. This should be PG-13. Right. And then, you know, we didn't even talk too much about it, but the uh, the Satan character, what was his name? Malboja. Mal- Malboja. So there's a scene where I'm like looking at everything in hell, seeing how it's looking. And I pause it and I caught half of the face and I'm thinking, this looks so terrible. This looks like Sean the Sheep combined with something out of Killer Instinct. Yeah. It was bad. Or, or it could be something with a uh, Primal Instinct as or. Was it Primal Fear? No, Primal Fear is the movie with what's his name. I think it's uh, Edward Norton. Yeah, Edward Norton. What was the game that was Primal the, Rage? Primal Rage. Why am That's I what I instinct? meant. Not Killer Instinct. You're right. That's the Apes. That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, Primal Rage. That's where I was like figuring out like the acid a mixture kiss. of that. 
and some type of goat type thing with horns because Satan somehow has to have horns all the time. Can't just yeah, be cool then, scene. Yeah, no kidding. I'll give you the devil horns, but let's talk about the scene where, you know, you talked about the spikes that come out of his armor, mm-hmm. you know, cause he's about to get bitten. I had the entire flashback from Beetlejuice when Michael Keaton's in uh, Gina Davis's hand and he just, and the spikes come out. Oh yeah. Cause she's trying to hold on to him for some reason. Exactly. I got the same vibe from it, and I'm like, this is really bad. And then you get the screaming sound effects, which just sounds like an audio pull from Evil Dead. Well, there's a lot of – I think they use the Wilhelm scream in this a couple times. <laughs> Where's that same like, – yeah! Right, right. <laughs> and that's and then, just and, what they what they have to do when they, you need to have sound effects. In the same sequence, don't we get a scene where Wanda's bitch is shooting a gun? I don't remember if there's one where he's shooting a gun or not. Well, I know there's a scene in this movie where he shows up and he has this funky, big ass looking sci-fi gun in his hand, oh. not the gun from Videodrome. It's it is it is the last scene of the film where the violator comes out and he's attacking Spawn. He grabs uh, Wind's gun and tries to shoot at it, right, to save him. Well, and see, and the whole time that happened, it looks like something at a time crisis. And I'm thinking, well, fuck me, because you can hear the gun shells flying out every time. <laughs> and every time I hear those gun shells hit the floor, I'm thinking, reload, reload, reload. And I'm out of fucking quarters. Well, now that everything is done, we're, we're done with time crisis. We're done with Malbolgia. We're done with, well, no, we still got Cogliostro sitting there and Spawn's realizing, oh, you know what? They're a happy family. I'm just going to have to leave them be. I don't need any Wanda, you know. Just like, what is his name, Dom Toretto has realized they're family. And I'll leave them alone. And so, you know, we get the him going back over to Rat City to go over and protecting it. And we get the last little bit of dialogue from Cogliostro. And we get the end credits of the film. Spawn has stopped Malbolgia's plans to destroy the Earth. The choice has been made. For now. Spawn, you know, Wynn does get arrested at the end of the film, 
Um, of course, you'd figure that out, you know, the way everything's going. And Martin Sheen's lovely acting uh, towards the end of it, um, especially when he, we didn't say anything about when he's like, oh, I hate it when people double-cross me or whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> like, you didn't think that that was going to happen to you at all? Come on. Oh, yeah. And then the whole scene where he gets thrown into the fireplace and he catches on fire, there's no stop, drop, and roll in that scene. Apparently, all you got to do is just wiggle around and put the fire out. So he's a new member of the Wiggles. Oh, see, Al Martin Simmons, Sheen. that's all he really needed to do, right? He just needed that's to it. fucking wiggle, and he may not burn to death. That's right. Then he, then he, then it would work where he says he wishes he would have killed me. That's right. I wiggled my way out. <laughs> I wiggled my way out of hell, and now you need to kill me. But you know what I did not wiggle my way out of? Watching this shit twice in a 24-hour <laughs> period. That is your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do that. You do not. <laughs> and now you've gone through it three times in a 24-hour period. That's right. So, okay. Now, are there good things about this film? Yeah, I would say there's a couple of good things about this film. I think that even as annoying as John Leguizamo and his voice are in this film, it's still probably the best character in this film. Um, I think like some of the action sequences are cool. Even though, like, the scene, the, the chase scene with the freight truck, um, you know, it's not bad. It's actually quite entertaining, especially the ending of the scene where he turns into that giant spike. That's really cool. And there's a couple of really cool ideas. And they, in some aspects, they stayed true to the storyline of Spawn. Uh, you know, Todd McFarlane was involved in the film. He was, uh, you know, an executive producer. So he had a lot of say of what was going on in the film, um, instead of, you know, a lot of other people that may not have just signed off the rights to it. I'm talking about Howard the Duck here. Uh, and even though that turned out to be actually a relatively faithful adaption, uh, you know, this still takes some liberties in the way that the story went. Um, there are, of course, even the animated series took some type of, you know, you know, their own little things to, to make it work for an animated series. Um, I love that the first season of that is based around Thomas Kincaid. Uh, probably not Thomas Kincaid, but the Kincaid, <laughs> it's the name of the, the bad guy for the first thing who happens to be like a child molester and, and really is picking up people in a van, kids in a van, um, that oh. is being, you know, pushed along by, um, the, the violator. And I wish they had done something like that, like a storyline introduction, because they're trying to set this up to be, a set of films and this just you you kill the violator right away it just doesn't make it fun anymore like there's there's so many cool things about that character that and just how he manipulates the situation that's going on there so do you have any final thoughts before we rate this film dave yeah i mean the, my rating will speak for itself but i like what you said there there are definitely some good things about this movie and I did enjoy watching it. And we bashed on it a lot. But you know what? Todd McFarlane had a cameo in it. Did you see him? No, actually, I didn't. Yeah, he, if you watch, <laughs> if you dare to watch it again, he plays a bum in the alley and he gets some screen time. There's a scene where um, Spawn is walking right down the alley and he comes face to face with Todd McFarlane. And Todd McFarlane kind of throws his hands up and puts his back against the wall like, let me get out of your fucking way. And so you get a good shot of him. So that was pretty cool. Oh, that is pretty cool. Now, like you said, we're saying before, there is going to be a new version starring Jamie Foxx that was announced this year. So, 
I, I hope they do something that's more like, you know, of course, I think they're going to do the origin story type of thing again with him, but I hope that it's more of like a little story of Spawn, not like we're going to try to to do this giant thing that we've done. Because Spawn is really interesting and really cool as a comic by itself. And uh, it's one of those ones where I got into really late and I wish I'd continue with it because the storyline is is really, really interesting, even though a lot of people say, as with anything that goes on for a long time, that it, you know, dwindles towards the end of its life. Um, and so I, I hope that when they do it, if there's some renewed interest in Spawn and that it actually gets an R rating that is worth an R rating, not like this film got. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, so in this movie... They show a couple of, is it cops or detectives? It's supposed to be Sam and Twitch? Yes. And so I know for the new Spawn movie, they actually did cast one of those as uh, Jeremy Renner is going to do the part. So See, Hawkeye. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Because they're a big part of the comic books in the beginning, and they're also a big part uh, of the animated series as well. Well, all right. All right. So let's go ahead and rate this sucker. And uh, so for Gore, what do you give that? Yeah, so Gore Factor, it's a 1 out of 5 for me because there's no real actual blood in here. We just get a lot of green stuff. Yeah, I gave it the same. It's a 1 out of 5. You get monster gore and you get some disgusting things, but I wouldn't consider them gore. Uh, So the crap factor of this film, what would you give that? I was nice. I'm going to say 3 out of 5. I'm not as nice as you. I'm giving it a 4 out of 5. Primarily because of the acting of Martin Sheen and uh, Michael Jai White. Um, and then the CGI on some of the scenes just does not hold up. Like, it would be one thing. And I think even at that time, it looked shitty. You know, I understand 90 CGI, you know, we're talking like reboot type of things. That's where it, like, it looks like it belongs on your regular, you know, everyday TV shows, not a, a full-fledged movie. That's true. And then for the fun factor of the film, what do you give this? I'm going to roll three out of five because I, I think it's definitely worth watching. I did have fun watching it, even though I did have to be monstered up to get through it. But I liked that it wasn't afraid to get kind of dark. So I'm a little bit less lenient than you. <laughs> I'm giving okay. this a two out of five. Um, I just think that even though it did get a little bit dark in spots, it still tried to be, even for like an R-rated film, it tried to be really family friendly in some areas. Which I was like, it was kind of thinking like, oh yeah, young kids, young boys are still going to come see this movie. So we should not be as like, you know, creative as we could be or offensive as we could be. Even though John Leguizamo's clown gets pretty offensive in a lot of parts of the film. Yeah, especially when he talks about his little head. I wonder. Or when he shows (laughs) the skid marks. Oh. (laughs) So overall, what do you give the film? Overall, I'm going to give it just a... A neutral, three out of five, foul-smelling maggots. And then I'm going to give it a two out of five, demon farts. So, there you have it. Um, you know, he's a lot more neutral than I am. Uh, it, it doesn't hold up as well for me. Um, and, you know, I, there is a big nostalgia factor for it. Because when I first saw it, when I was younger, I really, really enjoyed it. And now that I've seen it, and the more times I've seen it as I've gotten older, uh, it just just does not hold up as much. So it's not like, you know, it's not like those really great bad movies. Uh, but I think that if you've never seen it before, I think it's worth giving it a shot. Yeah, definitely 
watch it before the remake comes out. Give it something to compare to. And then when you're done, you can be like, how much worse can it be? Yeah, and it is available out there. It I had a hard time finding it. Um, I know that Vudu, you got it on Amazon, all those other places that you could go ahead and rent it. Uh, for the longest time, it was on Netflix, and then it just decided before I decided to do this podcast that I'm going to jump off Netflix. So, and yeah, it seems to always be the case. I don't know about you, but that always happens to me. Yep. So, thank you very much for uh, coming on this lovely podcast. Uh, we will have one last thing, but before we do. Why don't we give a listen to the next trailer that we are going to watch for our October Halloween Fest. This thing... There's no conscience. Just hunger. Rider's going to come out. But when he does, he'll destroy whoever's got it coming. He'll take on a new form. One more powerful than he's ever known. That's right. Next time we are going to be looking into Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Um, I chose this one over your standard Ghost Riders uh, only because I think this one's wackier. Um, and this one's a lot more ridiculous cage uh, than the other one, even though the other one is pretty ridiculous as well. And, uh, you know, the hopefully the Back in Time guys will all be able to do this together as a, a huge group. Um, have you ever, I know you're not a big Marvel guy, but have you ever seen any of the Ghost Riders? Only the first one. I'm very excited. I, it's funny, when I was thinking about doing some not-so-great Marvel movies on my show, this one was in the mix. And then when I saw that you were going to do it, I was like, oh, cool, I don't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt really bad for you going from this film to that film. Well, see, it's not so bad because, uh, you know, I, I love bad Nicolas Cage uh, things, so... This could either be really fun. I've seen it once before. Um, and that was when I was really sick. <laughs> like I was like on the couch. I slept on the couch probably for about three days. And it was one of those things where, Oh crap, it's on TV. I can't change it. Uh, I might as well sit and watch the rest of this movie. <laughs> so we'll see if it's uh changed any from the last time that I saw it where I wasn't really fully paying attention. And especially since I think it's probably the longest out of all three of the films. Like, again, this film uh, has a good running time of only an hour and 36 minutes. Oh, it felt like so much longer. <laughs> it, it does, but I love it when they're this short. 
Um, but even though, you know, it takes a while to get through for everything, uh, we need to bring back like bad horror movies as only an hour and a half, not two and a half hours or whatever it is nowadays. No kidding. So why don't you go ahead? This is the point of the show where I say plug your stuff. There it is. So, man, appreciate you having me on here. It was a lot of fun uh, giving me a reason to check out Spawn. And, yeah, so people should know me because if they know you, they know me and vice versa. You come on my show quite a bit and the host of Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. And I'm co-host of the Black Cat Shadow Podcast. So definitely check me out on Twitter at Phantom Dark Dave. And I actually just started an Instagram, which you were within the first five people to follow me and you know, coincidentally, you were one of the first people I followed as well, but it had you and Ben and a few of the other guys out there, Johnny Staggs. So highly appreciate that. But please, if you, you know, want to talk about horror movies, you want to see some of the podcasts, and you want to hear Brian come shoot the shit and shoot the breeze on my show, just Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun going over there because I get to talk about things like uh, Vincent Price and his bikini machine. Um <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a cappuccino machine. Nope, just bikinis today. Nope, just bikinis today. Um, yeah, I went on there. We talked, uh, you know, Vincent Price, and I actually watched uh, two of his Dr. Goldfoot movies back-to-back, uh, and that was a lot of fun uh, to talk about those films and to talk about something that wasn't necessarily horror. Uh, and then just uh, we had a really good shoot-the-shit episode uh, where I hope to be back at some point. I don't have to do as much work when I'm on your show. All I have to do is watch the damn movie. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's almost 1 a.m. here. Give me about 30 minutes and we'll start the next episode. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. You are you are a lot more <laughs> hardcore than me. Again, it's so hard keeping up with your podcast because it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, did he just release another fucking episode? You know, here yeah. I am every other week. And then you are like every like, okay, two days now. Oh, oh, I've got another one. I've got another. Jesus Christ. Yeah, never ran out of things to say, so... Yeah. Well, you always have interesting people hanging on with you. Johnny's always fun to listen to. Oh, yeah. I have a, a lot of great people come on there and love having you on there. It's a lot of fun. You're one, probably the only person that can talk Vincent Price the way that I do. And I apologize if somebody's out there being pissed off. But, yeah, you and Ooh, I have I a lot of fun. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's fun because my show – it, we could talk about anything, so it's easy to put out an episode because one day it could be Star Trek, next day it could be you know Vincent Price, next day it could be video games. So, a lot of leniency. Well, thank you again for taking your time, also because it is one a.m. where you are. You know, it's only ten over here, almost eleven over here, I should say. And uh, I do appreciate you know you uh, waiting on me to to get all my shit together and to get it ready. And um, this is the point where I start playing the outro. And we start talking about the plugs for the show. Of course, as always, you can find the show. It's available, you know, on all those rate and review us on, you know, what iTunes, Spreaker, Spotify, all those fun things that are out there. Same places that you can find Dave's Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, go ahead and check out uh, the Twitter page, T underscore T underscore podcast, Facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast, and follow me and Dave uh, on Instagram. He said what his was, uh, and mine, of course, is Terrible Terror Podcast. And again, Dave, I thank you for coming on, spending the time chatting with me about Spawn, and we will see everybody next time when we chat Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, with Mr. Nicolas Cage and the Back in Time Podcast, guys. So, see you next time. <laughs>